You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 201. Hello there, Rockstar. Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I help high performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. If you want to learn more, go to thecmethod.com. You're also welcome to join our community on Facebook, search for the group The C Method Rockstars, or go to thecmethod.com slash community. We cannot wait to meet you. Now, I hope you are doing awesome. I'm doing pretty well. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who sent me well wishes, congratulating me for hitting episode 200 last week. So thank you very much. I'm still getting used to having to say episode 200 and, or do I say 201? Is that a bit of a mouthful or 201? I don't know. We'll see how we go. Anyway, in other news, very exciting news, I am writing a book. Yes. This has been something that has been on the back of my mind for a number of years now, and I've always felt like, hmm, I'll write a book when I really feel the desire to do so. I'm not going to do it just because everyone says, oh, you got to write a book if you want to be a speaker. I thought, no, no, I've got to really want to write this book. And last year, towards the end of last year, I I got this urge. I got this urge. I was like, I really want to write a book. I want to capture all of the ideas and the intellectual property that I have right now at this point in time and, and capture it in a, in a book and, um, and be able to put that out into the world. And I'll tell you what, it is not easy writing a book. I don't know if you have ever tried or if you have, if you have, then fantastic. Um, but being structuring the challenge of structuring all your ideas into something that flows nicely and makes sense, it's, it's a big one. But what I've been doing is I've been really disciplined and I've been waking up every morning and spending an hour on my book or trying to write a thousand words. Whether it's drivel or not or passable, I am writing it down. So I'm not yet into editing mode, but my goal is to have it done and published by the time I come to the U.S., in August. So I can do a book tour, yes, um, around the US, which would be amazing. So that's, so there you go. I'm telling you now, and that's scary in itself telling you that, but I am determined to make it happen. Now, as I was writing a particular chapter this morning, I thought to myself, you know what? I haven't talked about this on the podcast in this amount of depth before. Uh, So you dear Rockstar, are getting a very special preview of one of my book chapters. And it's all about knowing your audience. And that's what this episode is going to be um, all about. Um, if This is for you if you speak a lot, whether it's in meetings at work, whether you give presentations to your your company or you're looking to do more speaking outside your company, any sort of speaking engagement, whether it's large or small, this is really, really important for you to know. So much so that I've dedicated an entire chapter to it in my upcoming book. So let's get into it. Oh yeah, show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash 201 if you want to go there and get a dot point. I'm not going to put the whole chapter there because that's for the book, but I'm going to put in some dot points there so that you can um, take note and follow along. 
Okay, so apart from your message, all right, so let's say that, you know, you've had an opportunity to speak and you have your message, you know what you want to share, but you might still be feeling, you, you know, you've got that usual feeling of anxiety. We tend to make up all these stories about our audience and it can really stress us out. So what I'm about to share with you are really practical things that you can implement. Practical, right? Not just to think about, but practical things you can do to help you know your audience better and therefore be a more effective speaker. And I'll explain why that's important. Um, So here's why knowing your audience is so important, okay? Number one, your message will resonate and connect. If you know your audience deeply, you will know how to create a message that resonates and connects. A lot of people just guess or they think, oh, this is what I think the audience wants to hear without actually knowing their audience. So if you really want your message to connect, you need to know your audience. And when your message resonates and connects, your audience will be more engaged, which is what we want, right? No one falling asleep in the back row or the front row for that matter. Another reason why this is important is it will, you will spend less time preparing. Now, if you're the sort of person who spends forever agonizing over and just preparing, preparing and over-preparing, this is going to help you. Uh, So it'll save you time and you'll also be less anxious about it as it shifts the focus from yourself to the audience. Okay. Now, in terms of um, going back to tailoring your message, you know, there's many different ways you can deliver a message. You can, you might, you might have the same message, but you can adapt it to suit different audiences. I want you to think about it like, like you're landing a fish. Let's say you're going fishing and you want to catch a particular fish. Different fish require different types of bait and fishing techniques. For example, and I researched this, if you want to go out and catch a salmon, you don't use worm as bait. You would use roe, which are fish eggs, or you'd use a small strip of fish like a herring and then something flashy because salmon, they're like me, they're like shiny things, things that sparkle. So you want to have something shiny in there that flashes and captures, captures their attention. Now, if you're in the UK and you're fishing for cod, the number one bait to use apparently is peeler crab. If you're fishing for carp, you would use a worm and a bobber to float it near the surface. For other fish, you will use a sinker because they sit near the bottom of the the ocean or or the river. Okay, so when fishing, you pick your bait, fishing line and technique based on the type of fish you want to catch. Now, it's the same with landing See what I did there? Landing the audience's attention. If you want to capture the audience's attention, reel them in and land exactly where you want them to. Hook, line and sinker. You need to carefully pick your delivery, your language, your format and your content based on that. Okay? So that's why it's particularly important to know your audience. Okay. So let's get into how you can do this. So before you start writing your content, before you start thinking, oh, what am I going to say? How am I going to structure it? I want you to ask yourself these eight questions about your audience. What is their demographic? What is their knowledge of this topic? What is their relationship to me? How many people will be there? Why will they be there? What are their biggest challenges? 
How will a presentation on this topic be of benefit to them? And what will their energy levels be like? Okay, so there's eight questions there. I'm going to go through each of these. So firstly, what is the demographic? So you want to find out as much as you can about the audience. You, this might include um, you know, age, gender, industry, position, nationality, culture, etc. Now, this is important because speaking to a group of, say, professional women aged 35 to 45 is going to be very different to speaking with a group of migrant students or to senior accounting professionals or business owners, sales agents, CEOs, etc. Any particular demographic going to be different. Now, you can absolutely deliver a consistent message to each of these groups. It might be the same message, but the way you deliver it will be different. Next is, next question is, what is their knowledge of the topic? So this is a good thing to research, such as are there other experts in the audience? Do, does your audience have a very basic knowledge? Uh, is the audience uh, made up of team members who know all the ins and outs already? Now, you will often find that it's a mix of, of, um, of people, you know, different levels of expertise. And that's totally fine. As long as you know that and you make sure that your message connects with the people with the basic, with the most basic level of knowledge. You know, a common mistake I see speakers make is that they assume a certain level of audience knowledge and then they use the jargon, they go too detailed too quickly and then the audience is just staring around going, what are they talking about? And they're completely lost. There's a term, um, I think it was Peter Cook, uh, I read him in his book. He said, you need to smarten down your content. So it's not about dumbing down. It's about smarting down your content so everyone in the audience can understand it. Now, if you've got an audience full of technical professionals who know exactly what all the acronyms are that you're, that, you know, that you're talking about, all of the jargon, then by all means, that's how you will deliver it. But if not, then don't go about using the jargon. All right, next question. What is their relationship to me? So do these people, so does the audience know you really well? Maybe you work with them every day or do they not know you from a bar of soap? Is there going to be a mix? So will some people know you and others and others not? You know, I'm part of a networking group for business owners and we meet every fortnight and each, each meeting um, we get an opportunity to stand up and speak for 60 seconds about our businesses. Now, because you know, about half or maybe 60% of the room are existing members that we already know. I've noticed that a number of members will stand up and mumble their business name and sort of go through the motions as if to say, oh, you know, you've heard this all before, so I don't need to bother making it interesting. I was even at one event where one fellow stood up, so I was a, a visitor, and one of the members stood up and said, oh, you already know what I do, so I'll just share a success story. And I'm sitting there going, hang on a second, I don't know what you do. Maybe 50% of the room does, but what about the other half? And what these people forget is that there are many visitors in the audience who've never seen or heard of those their business before. So if you know that there are people in the audience who do not know who you are, speak to them and show that you are aware and considerate of them too. Oh, and also this is like a side tip. When you introduce yourself, please don't say, for those of you who don't know me, my name is, 
all right? You, you don't, it gets me, so many people say this and it drives me crazy. You don't have to tell people that they don't know you. They're smart. They know that they don't know you. So you can just go straight into your introduction. The people who do know you, um, they're not going to be thinking, oh, come on, we already know what your name is. You don't have to tell us again because they're aware that there's new people in the audience. All right. They understand introductions are part of the speaking protocol. You know, they will be patient and let you get on with it. So please don't just stop saying for those of you who don't know me, it's totally unnecessary and superfluous. Okay. Rant over. Let's move on to the next question, which is how many people will be there? This is something you, um, all these questions, by the way, you can call up whoever's organizing the event to ask, ask them these questions. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, they will be appreciative that you have shown that you care enough to ask about the audience. So how many people? Is it going to be a group of six, a group of 60, 100, 500? All right, this is going to help you uh, to decide if you're going to do, say, practical exercises. Are you going to get people to stand up, form into groups? You'll It'll teach you, it'll, um, you'll be able to know how many handouts you're going to print out. And if you find out the seating arrangements, that's going to help you too. Is it classroom style? Is it a boardroom? Is it a lecture theater? For example, you know, we ran a, a podcast, Aaron and I, we ran a podcast workshop at Pause Fest, which is Australia's biggest tech business and creative conference, which was super cool. And we weren't sure how to run our workshop, you know, what content do we share? And when we asked about the room, we discovered that the room seated up to 40 people at round tables. And based on that, we decided to bring in our podcast equipment and do an equipment recording session, teach people how to use the microphones. Now, if the room had been a lecture style setup, there is no way we could have done that. So if you want to include activities, if you want to do something different, if you want to get your audience potentially up and moving or talking to each other, or maybe writing on a whiteboard, you need to know what the room setup is and how many people are going to be there. And the event organizer should absolutely be able to give you this information, or at least give you updates closer to the date. Okay, before we get to the next questions, let's take a quick break because I have something I want to share with you. Hey, Rockstar, I want to take a quick break to let you know that the group coaching program for professional women is now underway. It's the February cohort, and I'm very excited to be working with such a fabulous group of women. Now, the applications were closed, but I have now opened them again for the next program, which starts on May 28th of this year. Yes, so that you've got a few months There's a few months to go, but I've opened applications now. So if you want to lock in your spot, you can do that. Now, this program is for you if you are a professional or a rising leader with 10 years experience in the workplace, at least, and you want to increase your confidence, your influence, and your impact, and you want to take your career to the next level. Now, the program is 10 weeks, and during this time, you'll learn how to become a trusted advisor at work build a strong professional presence, connect powerfully with coworkers and stakeholders, be an effective leader and a role model for your team, persuading and influencing when public speaking, articulating your ideas clearly, communicating your value and becoming the obvious choice for promotion and advancement in the eyes of your boss and management. 
Now you'll be learning in a collaborative environment and will be 100% supported by myself and the group. To learn more and to apply for the program, go to thecmethod.com slash group coaching, fill out the form and we'll set up a discovery call where we will explore um, if the program is a good fit for you and if it makes sense for us to work together. Uh, again, that is thecmethod.com slash group coaching. The link is also in the description of this podcast in your app. All right. I look forward to speaking with you. Okay. Back to the show. And we're back. Let's get into the next question, which is why will they be there? And when I say they, I mean the audience. Now, knowing your audience's motives for being at that, pre- at that presentation or that conference or that meeting is a great secret weapon to have. For example, if your presentation is something that your audience has chosen to come to, then you know that they already have an interest in that topic, right? They've signed up. They have volunteered to come. They want to be there. So they, are, they will be more likely to be highly motivated and wanting to learn. On the other hand, they may have been sent there by their manager or maybe you're their manager and you've told them to come, (laughs) that they must be there. Um, Maybe they had a free ticket or maybe they're a partner of an attendee or maybe they're just looking for an excuse to get out of the office and get a free lunch. Who knows? All of these reasons are perfectly legitimate. And knowing this is going to help you to connect with your audience Um, in the opening of your presentation. I'll give you one example. A client of mine, she was giving an opening address to a high-end company business lunch and she was feeling very anxious about it. And so, you know, in our coaching sessions, I I asked her who was going to be there. She said, oh, there's going to be clients, potential clients, important executives. And I asked, okay, well, why are they coming? She said, well, they're either coming because they genuinely want to learn about how they can work with us. Um, And they also want to know how our business is growing. They're also coming to meet our people and develop relationships. But, you know, many of them are very busy, very stressed people, and they probably welcome the opportunity to get out of the office for a few hours. So my client was, she knew what the motives were of the people coming along. So what we did was we helped her craft an introduction that um, went something like this. So she said, We'd like to warmly welcome you to our development day lunch or whatever it was called. Um, Raise your hand if you're here to learn more about the direction of our company. People raised their hands. She then said, raise your hand if you're here to connect with great people and create stronger working relationships. Again, hands raised. And then she said, and raise your hand if you're just happy to get out of the office. She got a huge laugh and plenty of people raised their hands. Now, by acknowledging why the audience might be there, my client was able to get a laugh and gain the audience's trust as they could, she, as they could see that she understood them. So that was a, a big win for her. So it's a good example of if you know your audience's motives, you can bring that into the presentation. You can tie it in and further develop that trust and rapport with them. Okay, next question to ask is what is your audience's biggest challenge or what are their biggest challenges? Now, this is one of the most important tools you can use to help you connect with your audience. 
If you can understand the audience's challenges and address those in your presentation, you will be winning, my friend, winning. Now, if you don't, if you can't think of what their challenges are, find out from the event organizer and even better, see if you can call at least three people from the audience and ask them about their challenges. Just ask them. I've done this many, many times. You call up the event organizer and say, look, I really want to do the best I can to tailor this presentation to the audience. Do you know of three people who wouldn't mind um, maybe jumping on a phone call with me for 10 minutes? They will be happy to oblige, okay? Um, So what you do is when you call them up, you try to gain a deeper understanding of what their day looks like and what stresses them out. And then in your presentation, you can address these and show how you understand. And this is great because you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be in that industry to to demonstrate this. For example, I, you know, I once spoke to a group of property managers, real estate property managers. Now, I have no idea what it's like to be a property manager. I've never been one. But I called up um, some of the audience members and I asked what a typical day is like. And they said to me things like, oh, well, you come into the office and first thing that happens is you open up your email and you're bombarded with messages all over. And they sort of, des- they described what their day was like. And they would say, oh, and I would ask like, what is a, what's a, a real frustration that you have? And and they'd say, oh, when, when tenants, you know, don't show up or they don't pay on time, et cetera, et cetera. So keeping note of all of these challenges, I was then able to say in my opening now, I'm not a property manager, but from what I've heard, it sounds like you have a lot going on. I mean, you've got emails coming in, tenants who don't who don't pay on time, you feel like you're being pulled in all different directions, and I went on that way. And as I did this, the audience is nodding along going, yes, I get it. Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm going through. And doing that meant that the audience was able to connect with what I was saying because then I related my points that I was making, my message, back to how it was going to solve those problems. Okay. So that's a really powerful thing that you can do to understand the audience's challenges. That then leads into how will a presentation on this topic be of benefit to them? So this is the next question. So you need to know how this presentation will be of benefit to them. If you don't know, how will they know? Okay, if you want to engage your audience and get them inspired and moved to take action, they need to know from the very start that this presentation or this meeting or this workshop is going to be of benefit to them. Now, you can find this out by, again, by speaking to them. Jump on the phone and say, you know, I'm going to be doing a talk on this topic You know, what would be the three main benefits that you would find from a presentation on this particular topic? You know, and then, you know, and then ask them to, to, to think bigger and say, okay, well, if it's going to alleviate some stress, how is that going to impact your overall um, health or your, or your life overall and get them to get them to share this. And then you can bring that up and talk about it in your presentation and say, you know, Hey guys, if you can get better at this, or if you can improve in this area, or if you can help the company, you know, do this, then ultimately it's going to help you do blah, 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 and make that specific to what their, you know, their particular um, 
situation is. So that was that question and I think we're on to the last one which is what will their energy levels be like? Have you ever done a presentation or run a meeting straight after lunch? That is probably the most challenging time to be speaking to an audience because people have just had lunch, they're in a bit of a food coma, they're feeling a little bit sleepy. Now, that is going to be a slightly different audience to, say, a 9 a.m. audience, yeah, or an 11 a.m. audience. So it's always a really good idea to be aware of when, well, you should know when you're speaking, that's pretty important, Um, but knowing when you're speaking and know where you sit within the schedule of the day. You know, you might ask the event organizer, Am I going to be on, you know, maybe there's two speakers directly before you. Maybe you're straight after lunch. Maybe you're just before morning tea. Knowing this will help you to tailor your, you know, what you say, um, maybe the activities that you do. For example, if you are speaking and straight after, let's say, two other speakers and the audience hasn't been, the audience has been sitting for like two hours straight then it might be a good idea to, at the start of your presentation, get everyone to stand up, shake it off, have a little stretch, maybe turn to the person next to them, shake their hand, say hi. Because if you can, if they do that, then they're more likely to be energized and refreshed for your, for, for your turn, right? Um, you know, if it's later in the day, you might bring in more activities because they're going to be more lethargic, So more activities, more moving around is going to help. Um, So have a think, you know, think about your audience and have that empathy for them and think, you know, they've been sitting down for a while. If I was like, if I was them, I'd be feeling pretty exhausted too. And doing this shows that you are really considerate and that you're, you know, taking the audience's feelings, um, you know, you're, you're aware of them. And that's going to reflect really great on you, really well, I should say. It's going to reflect well on you as a speaker. So those are the eight questions to ask. I'll give you a quick recap. Firstly, what is the demographic? What is their knowledge of this topic? What is their relationship to me? How many people will be there? Why will they be there? What are their biggest challenges? How will a presentation on this topic be of benefit to them? And what will their energy levels be like? I will put a summary of all of those questions in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 201. Now, there's something important that I did mention at the start, but this is another benefit of doing this, making this a habit, you know, doing this before Um, a speaking opportunity. Not only will your audience connect well with you, but by shifting the focus to your audience and thinking about, um, you know, why are they there? What are they going through? What are they struggling with? You know, are they going to be tired from lunch? Are they going to be overloaded with information? Shifting the focus to your audience and how they're feeling and what's going on takes the pressure off you and it takes the focus of off you and helps you to draw out more of that empathy for your audience. And this is what many, many people struggle with 
Um, they have this fear of the audience. They fear people staring at them, judging them, um, you know, saying, you know, whispering about them. And we tend to think the most negative thoughts about our audience and how they view us. But when we ask these questions and we start to get into the minds of our audience and we really understand them, we begin to see them as humans, just like us, who have the same struggles, the same stresses, the same everyday niggles as we do, the same insecurities, the same vulnerabilities as us. And when we start to feel that and recognize that, we then start to feel less anxious about the whole public speaking thing. And we feel more excited about sharing with these people and making an impact in their lives instead of worrying about what they're going to think of us. So if you have no other reason to ask these questions about your audience and put in a little bit of extra work to understand them, if you do it for no other reason than to simply feel better and less stressed about your presentation, then so be it. It's totally worth it. So I challenge you to give that a go and I would love to hear if it works for you and what difference it makes. So let me know. You know how to reach out to me. You can find me in the Facebook group. Just tag me there and I, I, I look forward to hearing if it makes a difference for you. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Um, a reminder, if you want to make a bigger impact in the workplace and build your confidence then do apply for the group coaching program for women. It starts May 28th. All the links are in the description of your podcast app. Thank you for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. My name is Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs> <laughs>